We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Friday, Friday, September 30th, and we we got MMA coming up tomorrow, right? We know what we do on Fridays. It's Fighting Fridays. We're fighting with each other. Are we fighting with each other in the chat? I have no idea. I see what does. I see Suki Singh. Suki Singh is a little bit late, later than usual, only two minutes early for the stream. That's fine. Joe Mack, good morning. Kickstart. Rob Gardner, let go. Rob Gardner has a question. What range of ROI should we be aiming for in GPPs? Uh, that's really that's really dependent on uh, really dependent on the the field sizes and the and the stakes levels that you play. I mean, I could show you mine. I mean, this is uh, my GPP Roto Tracker for my lifetime, right? I show my stuff transparently here. So I have a thirty four point three nine percent ROI. So well, almost almost a half a million in profit. Uh, but I mean, I play primarily large field GPPs. So like th- this ROI is very, I mean, over this course of time is is fine. But I mean, over a over over a one year period, you could be you could be minus 30 percent. You could be minus 20 percent until you hit, you know, the big one and then up and then everything comes comes the other way. So like it's really all dependent on the skill level of the opponents. That to me, that's the that's the that's the most. I mean, I say that I say that in the course. I say that in the theory of daily fantasy sports, right? The number one thing that'll determine, you know, the, your ROI is the skill level of your opponents. So, like in the large field contest, there are a lot of bad lineups. The only problem is that it's very top-heavy payout structures, and realizing your EV is is tough, and it takes a very large sample size. So, like as as far as I'm concerned, you know, I've always hovered around you know 30, 30 to forty percent. ROI in in large field GPPs, but understand that most of that ROI comes from winning 50K once, winning 20K, winning 100K, stuff like that. In the smaller field contests, 
your ROI may be lower. Maybe it's 15 to 20%, but also the swings will be much, it won't be as swingy, right? You're going to cash a lot more, uh, more often. Uh, and, uh, and on the flatter payout structures, you know, you may not get the bigger, the bigger spikes, but in general, over a long period of time, I think having a, a 30, 35% ROI, I mean, I'm doing it. So I don't, I don't, I mean, I have seen, I've seen other people's roto trackers and stuff, and I've seen similar for, for large field GPPs for smaller field stuff. I've seen 10, 15% ROI, but of course, if you have the higher stakes you're playing 10 to 15% ROI in contests where where it's uh, you know where where you're you're playing triple digits in 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 entries right you know it's a 222 a 777 or whatever $500 entry contest that may be more raw money uh but uh but if you're playing large field gbps you're 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 going after the top anyway right dfix says my rotor tracker looks like that in the mirror okay well this is this is this is the gpp you know, kind of rotor tracker type of thing. You're gonna go. It's gonna go down, 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 up, down, up. And remember, I don't play like 150 entries. So, like, if if you're playing more entries, you're gonna get bigger swings. So, uh, you know, I mean, some slates I play 150, but a lot of slates 75, 50, right? I'm also playing cash games. I'm also playing small field GPPs. I'm 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 mixing it in. I'm playing soccer cash games. I'm also playing MMA. Playing the showdown is going to be much swingier than playing uh, the classic slates. It's going to, this is GPPs in general. Uh, so you just play well and wait for the spikes. I mean, like, I mean, I get, I get these spikes every so often. It'll go down, 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 and then I'll get another spike. And then down, 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 I'll get another spike and whatever. So that's, that's a tip. That's a typical GPP uh, type of uh, type of graph that you will see. Uh, and the GPPs for tomorrow's UFC slate, MMA slate, right? We got uh, we got 13, 13 fights. Uh, it's not a very good card. Like from a from an entertainment standpoint, I think there's a couple of like, like oh okay, this, this fight should be good, but a lot of them are like oh, this this may be a bathroom break. Uh, but but it's thirteen fights, which means more likely you know the more unique combinations. There's more combinations to make. It's better than an eleven fight or ten fight card. So I'll take it. I'll take it. So, uh, so today we'll be talking about MMA and combinations that we talk about. Duplication, building plus EV lineups. If you want a breakdown of the actual fights, uh, we we did a uh, a ninety minute uh, premium podcast. We do that with every every card. Me, Mike Brown, H three Buddha, Liam, Liam picks fights. Talk ninety minutes. Liam, Liam, Liam knows more about MMA than I'll ever I'll ever know. And uh, and I know about DFS, right? So like, so Liam does the betting. Liam does the the bread handicapping the fights. And me, I'm just like, can I get a hundred points out of the guy? How can I get a unique lineup? I'm, I'm I'm good. That's that's really all. I'm looking for upside. I don't care who wins because if the winner gets sixty two points, it's not going to help me. So so I, I'm more from that perspective. So you could sign up to Roto Grinders Premium, get a premium subscription, get the combo premium, get all the sports. You get NFL, you get NBA. That's coming up in what two and a half weeks. The end of MLB, you'll get that. You'll get college football. You get golf. You'll get everything. Soccer. We got soccer projections for tomorrow. I'll be playing. I'll be playing soccer tomorrow morning, and we got projections for that also. Uh, so sign up to Roto Grinders Premium. Click on the link in the description. Get ten dollars off your first month. But uh, but I will be showing like uh, like well, what should we be avoiding? This is what we should be thinking about for large field GPPs, especially, but even the smaller field ones to some extent. 
uh, of like what are the combinations of fighters that are going to be the most duplicated. You you the more and more your lineup is duplicated, the less and the the, the EV hits, the less and less uh, profitable it is. So we want to either find some way of finding less duplicated lineups by some type of proxy, either by ownership sum. That, that's one blunt way. We could do it by weeding out combinations. That's another way. And we could also do it by by uh, comparing the ownership product to the, to the salary, because the higher in the salary you go, a 50K lineup is more likely to be duplicated, even if it has like a 4% owned fighter in it, than a 49-4 lineup, right? S- similar lineup, and maybe maybe the ownership of one of the fighters is 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 not that much different, but the fact that more people spend more salary means that it's more likely to be dupes, okay? So figuring out what lineups not to play first, that's the key. Once you can weed out the ones that you that are going to be way too duplicated, then, then you could start building more plus EV lineups. So I take a look at some of this ownership. Now, I have slightly different stuff over here. I mean, I have the RG stuff. I have the projection. I have, a, you know, a ceiling proxy in here. <laughs> from from a from purely a leverage standpoint, uh, the the my top rated fighters obviously the top rated you know Sadiq Yusef is a minus one thousand favorite a sixty percent chance of winning inside the distance he's going to be about forty four percent owned around there uh, his likelihood of getting a hundred points is the highest on the slate now he's ninety five hundred though so he has to be a top six fighter he must be if he's not a top six fighter. He can't be in the he can't be in the optimal lineup because he is the high he is the highest price fighter. <coughs> but play <coughs> playing him and then also fitting around everyone else in your lineup, you may you may run into more dupes. So like the highest on fighters on the slate are Yusef, Costa, Dern. Then in the mid-range, we get like the Latifi and the Davis. And then in the in the in the in the underdogs, I mean the main event underdog, Yan Jan. It'll be owned because the main event fighters tend to be owned more than not, but it kind of spread out. You get some on Allen, Ronson, Borzjev, Olenek, Santos. I'm not sure if there's going to be outside of Jan, who's the main event underdog against Dern. I don't think there's going to be any any dog that's going to be 30% owned, right? So I'm not as concerned with the dogs as I am with the favorites, right? Just even without running anything, you could just see like, well, maybe I shouldn't play Yusef Costa and Dern in the same lineup, right? Especially since they're 9,500, 9,200, and 9,100. Because imagine doing that. If we lock these guys in, right? And ladies, our average remaining salary is 7,400. Like, how many combinations is that? I mean, that's like, that's ridiculous. Like, I, I, I could run it here. Let me, let me run it. Let me run it without, without a salary, without a salary cap. 30, 30, that doesn't matter. How many combinations are, are these lineups are there? 31. Right? Because you're playing these three, then Boris, Jeff, Santos, Trevin Jones. You're playing three underdogs that average a salary of 7,400. There's only 31 combinations of these. Okay? And they're all 40% owned. So all these lineups are going to be duped 20, 30, 40 times. Even with the salary, even when we go down in salary, salary low to high, the lowest salary is 49.2. And that's with Penny, Jones, and Trinaldo. So it's the three underdogs that are the cheapest that aren't the opponents of Dern, Costa, and Yusuf. So like, this is an easy combination to just go, I'm done. I'm not, not, don't even bother playing. But there may be other combinations. So what I'm going to try to do here, 
I'm going to use Lineup HQ uh, to, in a blunt way alongside the tools that I have in the theory of daily fantasy sports, right? It's it's my new advanced players course, 10 chapters of audio. You want to learn the, the, the concepts of playing DFS, like, dude, it's all jam-packed into this. And then it also comes with Excel tools for you to do and analyze things more efficiently and more accurately, lineups and projections, right? You use them in combination with this. So it doesn't give you the projections, doesn't give you ownership, but this is what you put in there to go, okay, what lineups are more duped? What lineups are more correlated to each other? How can we build a lot of lineups and then trim them down based on certain variables? Well, these Excel tools in the theory of daily fantasy sports help you do that so much accurate, more accurate and quicker as well, rather than doing it manually in in lineup HQ. So what I'm going to try to do here is I'm going to try to build a 300 kind of representative-ish type of set of lineups that are going to be the most duplicated, right? I'm almost, I'm aiming, I'm aiming for dupes now. So like, I'm going to set my salary at like 49.7 as a minimum, right? More lineups are going to be between 49.7 and 50,000, maybe even 49.8, but I'm going to leave it at 49.7, okay? And then I'm going to, I'm going to like put, I'm going to make the, I'm going to make the exposure, the ownership, right? So I want 40, I want 40% of Yousef, especially the, 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 the fighters on the high, on the high end, right? So I'm going to just, I'm going to make, especially these, the 32, 32. I mean, I could do that for all of them. So like we could do 20 here, right? Just make them all even 26, 26, just 24, 26, right? And also cap them on the other end to just kind of try like the, the bottom lineups are probably going to be crap. Right. But we'll probably get like a good 250 lineups that are like very representative of like the lineups we're going to see the most in the contest that more people will make. Okay. So I'm going through just like, just, this is a blunt, a blunt way of doing it. blunt. I'm just kind of just putting everything in 20 doesn't have to be perfect. Right, 18, 20 for Penne, Jones, 20. I don't think it'll be 24, but we'll, we'll just go with the RG ownership. Sometimes I don't necessarily, sometimes like, I don't think Trevor Jones is going to be 23% owned. I think it'll be more like 18, 16 to 18% owned. But we'll put, we'll put, we'll put this in. And also I want to set a cap because just to make sure I get all of what I want of, of each, because if I just put 40% Costa, it's quite possible I get 80% Costa and not enough Marcellos even though I put in a max, uh, a minimum of 24. So I just like, like whatever's 10 higher than the number, like the, in the maximum, right? Do something like this, right? 40 to 50, 44 to 54, just to get some, I mean, somewhere close, right? It, it does, it does not have, this is, this is not perfect. It's not like, oh, you have to do it. You don't have to do it anyway, right? I'm just trying, I'm just trying to make the lineups build. So they represent more lineups in this set of 300 that are more likely to be played. Now, why are we doing this? We're doing this because I want to see the combinations. Now, it's very easy to see the three, oh, 340% on fighters. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's going to be an obvious group. Like, you don't even have to do, you don't have to run something like this to tell you that the 340% on fighters, maybe even, you, maybe, do you, but do you max it at two? Like, how many lineups, can you build lineups that are unique? You can, but how many? that have only two of those fighters or what underdogs come in. Do you have to play a lot of Brendan Allen? Do you have to play a lot of Alexi Olenek 
in certain lineups. So I want to see what those lineups look like, right? In at scale, in mass. I'm putting I'm putting this at 12 to 22, 4 to 14, and then just running it. Okay, I'm just gonna run 300. Unique players one, just give me lineups. Give me lineups. I want to see. Okay, because I'm gonna bring these lineups over to my Excel tools. So just just see what they look like. If you have any questions in the YouTube chat, just plug them in. Hit, give me those thummy thumbs. You know how much I like those. Hit the thumbs up button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. to know when we go live on the channel. Right? Oh, MJC, so what's the big edge in, with MMA? Just go opposite of the favorites for the most part. No, it's more, it's more about building more unique lineups. That's it. If you want to find, if you're, if you're playing a small amount of entries, finding leverage, right? If they're, you know, like for instance, Randy Kosovs is going to be 40% owned. There's more leverage. Like think in terms of, it's, it's just like any other sport. Think in terms of leverage. And especially in MMA, everything's binary, right? It's like, well, in, in football, you could say, well, if this running back doesn't do well, then the wide receiver may do well. Like that's not a 1v1 comparison. Maybe the whole team sucks and no one does well, right? Maybe the running back and the wide receiver both do well at the same time. I mean, like, there are more instances of that. In MMA, one guy loses the fight and one guy lo- one guy wins the fight, right? If, if Randy Costa doesn't do well, it's because Kennedy won and put up a score for a 7,000 that you're going to need to have, okay? So that's why looking at who is the higher-owned fighters and go, well, well obviously, you, uh, you could play uh, Sheamus against Yusev, right? He's only 4% owned, but, I mean, his win... Pro- Yusev's win probability based on the betting line is like like 93%. So like it doesn't it doesn't happen that often, but yes, there's a lot of leverage there. I tend to look more in the in the mid range. So I think like Jesse Ronson may end up he's getting kind of getting steamed up, maybe uh, like a popular underdog. Yeah, and Joaquin Silva I think is going to go lower on than he should. So like to me, I get a I get more leverage off of like Joaquin Silva, and then like for instance like Mike Davis. And Alir, uh, well, Alir Latifi is going to get owned, but also a Linux is going to be owned as an underdog also. But I think a lot of people, Mike Davis are gonna, is going to be played a lot at 8,600. And Borzchev, while still being owned, may not be owned enough. So like if you wanted to get leverage, you're looking for those types of situations. If you're building single lineups, but also understand that you could still make a board, you can make a lineup that has Borzchev and Kennedy in it and it'd still be duped 12 times. Right, because then you just judge Mackenzie Dern and Lear Latifi and something like that, and you're like, oh, okay, this ended up being duped twelve times. Right, it's a fifty k lineup like that, like that. That's still going to be owned. Okay, so it's more important to figure out what lineups not to play from a duplication standpoint. Doesn't mean you have to build all unique lineups. It doesn't mean that oh, every lineup you build must be unique. No, you just want to be the less duplicated lineups. I aim for under fives. Right. If I'm duped two to four times, I, it's still plus EV. If you're if the win probability of the lineup is high enough. Now, obviously, you could be unique by just playing the six biggest underdogs. But what's the chances that that's the winning lineup? What's the chances that all six of the underdogs, the six uh, biggest underdogs, not only do they win because you'd be like, oh, well, maybe they all win. But they all have to win and also have to be the top six scorers on the slate. Right. So like if Trevin Jones wins and has 62 points, you still don't win first place. Right, even though I got six winners in my lineup, but it's still not, still not the optimal lineup. Still not the optimal lineup. So you have to consider what's the win probability. So you can play unique lineups that have extremely low win probabilities. 
I'd much rather play lineups that have higher win probabilities, even though they maybe do two, three, four times. But once we start getting into the 10, 15, 20, 50 range, like you're not going to, you're not going to profit long-term by playing those types of lineups. So that's why I want to build the lineups that I think more of my opponents will be playing. So I know what types of combinations I should be avoiding when I build my lineups. Okay. So I kind of build, I kind of build lineups here. Okay. This is, this is not, this is not bad. This is a representative enough, right? So I'm going to take this. Okay. I'm going to switch over to, I'm going to hit the export button, right? As you can see here, I hit the export button, right? And I'm going to take this and I'm going to switch over to, to Excel. I'll just share my entire screen because I have three screens here. So here's my screen. Here's the duplication predictor, right? On the other hand, right? I'm going to take this. I, I'm, let me clear this out. This is from yesterday's showdown slate, right? So I've got, I got projections in here, right? For the duplication predictor, clear these projections, okay? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to export the projections from lineup HQ, right? Which could be the ones from RG, it could be your own. It could be an aggregate. It could be whatever. So I'm going to fill that in over here. All I pretty much need, see, you see, I exported. It's just, it's just another document. It's not complicated, right? So I'm just going to cut and paste, right? So I'm going to take, all I need is the, is the fantasy points and the projected ownership and the salary, right? So I, I, all I need is really these columns and then the salary column, right? So I just plug that in. Cut and paste right there. Boom. Right. And then I have the salary and then I cut and paste that column. Copy. Paste. So now I got the projections in. Right. You could change these. You could do whatever you want. Okay. And now I'm going to take the lineups that I downloaded from Lineup HQ. You can see here. Go to the other tab in this Excel spreadsheet. You see all these lineups. Right. This is from yesterday's showdown slate. Clear lineups, switch the format over to a DK regular, right? Because there's no captain or anything in MMA. If it, if it was the captain mode type of thing, you'd, you'd, you'd use the, the showdown format. Okay, so I'm going to get, grab the lineups that we just made, the representative lineups. We're not playing these lineups. We're just looking at them. So I'm co copy and pasting. Just copy and paste. Just paste it right over there. Okay. And then I hit the load lineups button and I'll bring me over to this, the main the portfolio check page. And this will show you right here. You can see it on the screen. Here are all the lineups, right? You can see right down here. It'll show you the projection of each lineup, the projection sum, the salary, the total ownership, the predicted amount of dupes based on the salary and the ownership product of the lineup. Give you a little report under 20, under 10, under five, unique, max projection. You could you change the fee, you need to change the field size. Let's see, what's the field size for MMA tomorrow? Because obviously, you know, if this is a hundred person contest, like a lot of these lineups probably won't be duped. Hundred, but also the, the contest isn't 196,000. Like that was the showdown contest from yesterday. So let's see. I'm gonna check my phone. What's uh twenty six one oh one forty three? Okay, you don't have to be perfect. Why well, you can put in twenty six thousand twenty six one forty three, right? I'm gonna reload the lineups again. Okay, so there we go. So based on that field size and the ownership product and salary of all the lineups, we have you know three hundred under twenties, 
300 under 10. So, okay, so not, you know, like the, not necessarily, we got, we got some, yeah, obviously towards the bottom, we're going to see, we're going to see some uniques because in order to get the, the players in at the certain exposures, your bottom lineups aren't going to be projected all that well, right? And then you, we have a dupe threshold here. So like you could trim any of these lineups by how many dupes and it'll even show you your exposures, right? So based on all of these lineups, this is how much percent you have of each player. And then you could also trim based on any player. So for instance, if I wanted to trim to only lineups under five, right? Dupe threshold four. So I should have 278 lineups left. So I could just click trim to threshold. It'll go through and it'll do, do just that, right? So we got the 20, 278, right? It, it'll go to go and trim out all the lineups where this column is anything over four, okay? Now I can also do that for a player. So let's say in this screen, I'm like, well, I look at my exposure and like, how much, how much of someone do I really, Trevin Jones, maybe I just want to get rid of anything un, over some amount in the dupe threshold for just a specific player, right? So let's say I like, oh, my Trevin Jones lineups. I'm just making an example. I don't want Trevin, like, actually, it may even be better to take the most owned fighters like Youssef. Right, because there's a margin of error on these calculations. So a lineup that that is predicted to be f- duped four times may actually end up being duped ten times, right? And a one that may be duped zero, like it depends on the salary, it depends on a lot of things. So maybe I just want to trim by dupe by the dupe level of only the Yousef lineups. So I could go here in this drop down, find Sadiq Yousef, right? So this is the key player, and then I. Dupe threshold zero. So basically, I just anything that's a zero here, I just want to keep for Yousef. And anything that's one, two, three, or four from Yousef, get rid of. But it doesn't touch any of the other lineups. So I could trim that. And we'll get rid of all of the, the Yousef lineups that are over zero. And there you go. But it won't touch the other lineups. So this is a way for you to, like, if you're playing, like, 50 lineups, like, how do I get down to 50? I have 180 here. You could build, you could build 3,000 lineups and put that in this into Excel. So you can go through lineup HQ and you could constantly build 300 sets of different types of lineups, different combinations, everything, and throw it all in here and then trim and, and get rid of dupes. Right? So if I want to get rid of all the dupes, anything up, to, you know, just all the Z, I just want all the zeros. I could just set this to all, trim. Right. I could also sort by that column and just cut and then just copy the, the lines in there. But here I could just click a button and it does it for me. So here I'm down to here are the 58 lineups, 57 lineups out of what we made that are potentially not not duped as much. OK, but they still spend so much salary. OK, if you do anything wrong, if you're like, oh, I want to oh, what happened? I want to I want to go back like all your lineups are still in this tab. Right, so you could always click on the reload lineups, and all your lineups from that tab will come back here. Okay, so you could you could always go back. You don't have to recut and paste or do anything. So I'm looking I'm looking for the most dupe lineups. So I'm gonna go. I could sort this column by ascending or descending, and there here's here's the most kind of the most dupe lineups. What are the, what do they look like? Like what do these lineups look like? Like let's say we want to take anything. Actually, maybe we want to take. Anything over over four, over three, right? We're taking a look at some of these lineups. They're all spend 50,000, like these 50,000 lineups I want. 
right? Maybe we take the whole, maybe we just out of this whole thing. We let's sort by salary. Right? Right? That's 49.7. Here's the 50,000 lineups. Okay. So I'm going to take all of these. Right? So you see all these lineups? So these are the 50K lineups that we made during these builds. And I'm going to bring it into another tool. It's called the Portfolio Correlation Matrix. Okay? It's another part of the theory of DFS.com that you can download as part of the course. So I'm going to clear these lineups. And I don't need projections for this. All, all I need are lineups. Because now it's going to just compare every lineup to one another and see what players are more correlated to other players in the lineups. Right? So how many lineups with Sodif Yusef have Mackenzie Dern in them? How many lineups with Mike Davis have Alir Latifi in it? Like it's it's figuring that out. So I could go here. I could grab my lineups from the duplication predictor. And maybe I'm just grabbing the, the 50,000 ones just to see what, what do 50K lineups look like based on this. So I'm just take these, copy, bring them over to the portfolio correlation matrix and just plug them in. Paste. Done. Load lineups button. This may take a minute or two. Because it has to compare all these lineups. So I'm going to bring this over and then I'll answer some questions in the YouTube chat while this runs. Right, let that run. DFIC asks, you said previously that you use different calculated value scores outside of projection to build your lineups. What are the ranges of those values? 50 to a 50? I don't understand the question. I have no idea. Yeah, betting lines. Right, you could see in my MMA sheet. I use betting lines. Betting lines, ownership, right? A median projection and a, and a ceiling projection proxy. That's what goes into my, my rating calculations. So I'm considering ownership inside of the projection as it is. So when I build my lineups, I have the most amount of leverage. The highest rated lineups, I'm plugging these numbers into the F points column in lineup HQ. So then I don't have to worry about ownership sums. I don't have to worry about any of that. I, the ownership is already considered into that number. Then once I'm done with all of that and I build several hundred lineups, then I bring it into these tools to weed out the ones that even if they're highly rated, maybe they're still duplicated too much. So, okay, let's go back to here. Okay, so based on these these lineups, I mean, we could say, I mean, we're not, we're not showing anything that, that we couldn't have predicted before. So these are, out of all these lines, we have what, 58 lineups in here or something? How many, how many lineups? There's a lot of lineups. 100 and something? Of the 50K lineups, the ones that have the most combinations of players are, number one is Costa, number two is Yusef, number three is Dern. We're not saying anything that isn't new, right? We, we could have figured that out easily. But then we're getting Jan, Mike Davis, Trevin Jones, Maxim Grisham, Joaquin Silva. We're getting kind of mid-range stuff. Right? Who's on the lowest? Ricci, Jocko, Lynn, Stolyarenko, Randy Brown, obviously. So those aren't as correlated to Costa, Yusef, and Dern. Okay? So based on this, just how high the variance factor is on these three fighters, I'm probably much more likely to at least max that out at, at two. At least. I'm, in large field, I'm much more likely to do max one. I want to even more, even more unique. You could probably build some unique lineups or less duplicated lineups with just two of these fighters, Costa, Yusef, and Dern. But I think you build more. And also with Yan, with Janan. Like I may you could possibly throw throw her in as well. 
So if you're playing a Yusev Randy Brown lineup, because you're not playing Mackenzie Dern, you're much more those lineups are much more likely to contain Jan in it than anything else. So I would consider doing that type of group as well to eliminate lineups that could be potentially more duplicated. Now, did I have to go through this entire process to the correlation matrix? No. I mean, you could eyeball this. I mean, especially on this slate, right? This slate is kind, it's kind of obvious, especially when we don't really have, like, outside of the main event underdog like Jan, to have anyone that's, like, of substantial ownership. We'll have slates plenty in MMA where one underdog is 36% owned and another one is 28% owned and everyone else is, like, 12 and it's like, okay, it's obvious to see that. We have a bunch that are kind of in the low 20s. But I'm just showing off the tools. Like, you could do this for any sport. And also, this could also determine you could put in your own portfolio in here and see what players stick to the, uh, the other. You go, okay, I'm playing a lot of this guy and I'm playing a lot of that guy. And you're not realizing you're playing them all in, like, the same lineups together. And unless you wanted to do that, maybe you maybe you don't realize that. That's like, oh, all by Randy Costa lineups have... have uh, have Trinaldo in it. All of them do, right? This would show you that, you know, the, the R value would be one or most of them. Let's say you have 20 Randy Coastal lineups and, and, and 10 have Trinaldo. That means the R value would be 0.5. So you could judge here. You could bring your own portfolio of lineups in here and judge to see if your diversification is wide enough. And I'm saying that enough, like there's a correct answer. There's no correct answer. You could choose to be less diversified. You could choose to be more diversified. But just by looking at exposures in lineup HQ isn't going to tell you that. I have 50% of this guy and 50% of that guy. Do you know that if, do you have 100 lineups and 50 have both and 50 have neither? That's still 50% exposure to both fighters. Or it could be 50% of one guy and 50% of the other guy. And there's no lineups that have that have both of them together. Still 50% exposure. So just by looking at exposures, you're not going to be able to tell that. So unless you go individually one by one and look, right, you're not going to know. That's why bringing it into a tool like this and double checking and seeing, am I playing the same people too much in combinations together? Then once we're done with this, you could start setting groups, building lineups, and then you could use a tool like the port, uh, the portfolio trimmer. Right, it's very similar to duplication predictor, but it has nothing to do with dupes, right? And you can put your lineups in, and you could trim based on projection and salary ranges, and ownership percentages, as well as it'll show you your exposures here, right? This is from the yesterday's showdown slate, and you, you'll able to uh, trim based on key player. So maybe. You're, if you let's say you're playing a hundred lineups tomorrow in MMA, you could build three thousand lineups and then go through and trim. I just want to trim the the Tabitha Ricci lineups. I just want to trim the Castaneda lineups. I want to eliminate any lineup. I you look to the bottom in your in your whatever, and you go. I'm going to trim out lineups that are under forty four thousand or under forty six thousand or or that ha- oh, that are too low project that are under eighty five point projection or or whatever. And then you can keep track of your exposures here so you don't easily know. It's like, oh, I have a lot of this guy. I don't I, I want less of them. Well, you can trim that all in the in, in the portfolio trimmer. And you could also use the smart trim tool that'll compare the projection to the ownership and get rid of the lineups that are too high owned for their lower projection. Because you want the highest owned lineups for the lowest, for the lowest ownership. So it gives you that tool as well. 
I'll go back to lineup HQ. If you have any questions, I'm more than happy to answer. Window, which window? There, that that window. Oh, let's see. Kickstart says, I can't wait to purchase the course. Well, go right ahead. Go to theoryofdfs.com. Get the theory of daily fantasy sports for advanced players. 10-chapter audio course. How to apply profitable DFS strategies for advanced players includes custom Excel tools like the ones I just showed. Uh, Trevor Lewis asked, why did you get into DFS? Did you start with poker or any other form of gambling? Yeah, I used to play poker for a living for five years. I mean, I didn't go directly from poker into DFS, but yes, if 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 you were good at poker, you're probably you, you think in the same mindset that you'd be good at DFS. So yes, I played poker primarily from what 2002 to 2008 or so. Uh, played for a living. I paid my rent. I did. I, I ran a room, mostly live poker. Then I but I also did stand up comedy for a living, which doesn't pay as well, right? And then I moved out here to Louisville to do the road stand-up comedy, like, full-time. So I didn't play as much poker anymore. Then DFS 2015. I'm like, oh, this is kind of like poker. And now, next, now, now I'm here, 2007 years later. Here, here I am. Uh, Rob Gardner, what are your determining factors when you decide between 50, 75, 150 lineups in an MMA? When, when I, depends on how much edge I think I have, right? If I if I th- if I knew if I knew that uh, that people are going to build a lot of lot he- a lot of heavier dupe lineups with 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 fighters that are vastly overowned for their probability, then yeah, I want to play more. I want to give myself more shots. There's more edge in my lineups. If it's a slate where I don't know where the edge is, then I'm going to play less lineups. Right? That's that's really what it comes down to. Depends on the contest that you're playing. Oh, they're running this contest that a lot of bad players are going to play. Okay, well, I'm going to play more lineups, right? That's really what it, that's really what it comes down to. Typically, on on smaller MMA slates, ten a ten fight slate, right? The three cancellations or something like that. I, I'm not going to play 150 lineups in MMA because the the the, the to, to, there'll be a lot more dupes, but also a lot harder to find uniques. So, because of that fact, I'll play. I'll I'll play 50 lineups, but I'll try to still find the uniques. I'll still try to find the lesser, the lesser duplicated lineups. It's just that my variance goes up so much, right? Because the 10 fight card, there's only so many combinations. And then if some chalk train wins, like you lose a lot of money. Like anytime there's like a 700 way tie to first, like 150 backsters are, are, they're all losing, right? So it's more likely to happen when there's less options. So I'm going to limit my downside by going, okay, maybe I'm only playing 50. Maybe I'm not even. Maybe I'm not even playing the large field. I've done that. I think we had a nine fight card a couple of a couple of months ago. I just said I'm not even playing. I'm just I'll, I'll play the five fifty five. I'll play I'll play uh, five single entry three max type lineups, and that's it. And I'll do that. Same thing for football. Same thing for any sport. Like it, it's all determined on how much edge do I think I have on this slate, and how much am I worth risking on that edge. So if it, it, it could be a baseball slate, a baseball slate that I'm like, yeah, wow. So many, like this, so few people are playing this stack that projects well. And this, so, uh, you know, more people are playing this pitcher that probably they shouldn't have. Like I, I want to play more lineups, right? I went, okay, I'm going to start adding in more lineups. I did that to the showdown on, uh, on Monday. I originally, uh, for the, for the NFL showdown, uh, for the Cowboys game or whatever, 
I was only going to play like 40 lineups or something in, in the large field showdown. I ended up playing 75. I think I played 75 or maybe I played a hundred or something. I just saw that there's so much edge between those two tight ends that not enough people were playing Payton Hendershot. So I'm like, how do I capitalize on this a little bit more? Well, I'll just play more lineups. That's it. Peter Corey, how do you typically construct your cash lineup? Do you hand build or just use the highest projected score on the optimizer? Yeah, the highest projected lineup. In MMA, it's different. Okay. In basketball, most likely just play the top median projected lineup. What's wrong with that? There you go. That's what the projections are for. You're trying to get a median score. You're trying to beat half the people. You're only getting paid 2X or 1.8X or whatever. Coming in first doesn't matter. You just have to beat pretty much half the field. So yes, you're going to be playing the high, the highest projected lineup. In MMA, it's slightly different because you're, you're, you're probably going to play the highest floor lineup. So for instance, you're probably playing the stacking the main event, right? So the cash lineup uh, for, for MMA tomorrow is starts with Dern and, and Jan. Probably has 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 Yusef in it, right? And then what's what do you get from there? Allen Jones Costa. You could do that, right? If you wanted to play Costa and played Allen and Jones, you I mean I guess you I guess you could. Right, that isn't bad, but probably you're probably playing Mike Davis in cash, right? And then you're playing Silva and Penny or something, some some combination of that. Right, that's what a cash line of an MMA. You kind of want to in MMA. It's more it's more important to get to to get floor and 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 win probability. Like the getting a winning. If you could get if you could get four winners in your lineup, most likely you'll cash. If you get five, you you will. If you could get five, that's why you stack the that's why you stack the main event. You guaranteed yourself the main event winner. And if you could get four other wins, you're, you're good. You're you're gold. If you get three other wins, you're probably good also. No matter what they score, pretty much. So that's what you'd be optimizing for in MMA. The median projections in MMA aren't as useful because MMA fighters don't have normal distributions. They have more bimodal distributions. So these mid-ranges don't they, they don't happen as often. Some fighter scores 20, the other fighter scores 90. It's very, very rare that, that these fighters are going to be scoring 60s. Right. Look at all these meetings. 66. There aren't that many outcomes. The, the 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 distribution graph looks like this. Looks bimodal. Like I can even type bimodal distribution. Right. Looks more like it looks more like this. Right. Something like this. Two humps. Something like that. So the median is like right here. Where where my my the mouse is. So like there aren't that many outcomes here. So you're going to get a lot of 20s and 30s, a lot of 80s and 90s like this. So just going by this median projection here doesn't do much because there aren't as many outcomes there. Just like there aren't many outcomes at the 140 range and very little at the zero range. Median projections are more useful when you have normal distributions or at least more normal distributions. That's the bell curve. That's the standard normal distribution where there's so many more outcomes around the median. Right? So if someone has a median of 66, they score somewhere between 40 and 80, like 75% of the time. But in the bimodal distribution, they score between that like 10% of the time. It's going to be one hump or the other hump. So simply using median projections or mean projections for MMA, I don't find that much usefulness. It's more binary than that. It's more bimodal than that.
Brian Wilson says, how many leverage points do you recommend for a single entry? I don't understand. What do you mean by leverage points? Rating points? I don't know what, I don't know. I don't necessarily what you mean. How many, le- do you, how many leverage points? You need to build a six player lineup. There's no, remember Brian, if you're new here, you know that your question is not a good question. If you can answer it in one of two ways. Okay. I'm being nice. I'm trying to be nice. Okay. The regulars know this already. Okay. If you can answer the question with a yes or a no, it's not a good question. Second thing, if you can answer the question with an exact number, it's also not a good question. Because there's no such thing as exact numbers. There's no such thing as, there's no such thing as that. There's no correct answers. There's more likely, less likely, more often, less often. As you could do it, you could also do it this way. It depends on the rest of your lineup. If you're playing Don Shanus in your lineup as leverage off of Yousef, you probably don't need to worry about the rest of your lineup. Playing a 4% owned $6,700 underdog against a 40% owned minus 1,000 favorite at 9,500. You're probably, you're probably done at that point. Don't worry about the leverage points. You don't have to play any leverage points. You just play a lineup that other people aren't playing. I'm not going to play leverage off of anything. I'm just going to play Randy Brown and Ronnie Barcelos instead of these other $9,000 options. And I'm not even going to play the opponents of those of those players, of those fighters. Because maybe they just win and score low. Right? So, like, if you play, if you play, uh, if you don't play Randy Costa, you're like, do you have to play Guido Canetti? No. What happens if Randy Costa just wins in the second round? So Randy Costa goes, right? Get rid of the hide user. Uh, Randy Costa gets into the second, gets a gets a TKO finish in the in a in the second round, and scores eighty five points. Like for ninety two hundred, he won't be in the optimal lineup. But Kennedy won't either, right? So it didn't do you any good. Kennedy still has sixteen points. Now if Kennedy wins, obviously he's going to score. He's going to score well, and Costa won't. But it's quite possible that Mackenzie Dern wins in the third round with the submission with only one takedown and barely any ground strikes. And she wins and she gets 78 points. At 9,100, she probably probably won't be in the optimal lineup. But it doesn't mean that Yan scored well. She lost. Yan lost. So it's not, you don't have to get leverage. You don't have to get, oh, I'm not playing this guy, so I'm going to play the other guy. You don't have to do that. Just like any other GPP, you're you're trying to play the lowest, the highest projected, highest win probability, highest hundred point score each fighter probability, six hundred point probability for the whole lineup, for the lowest ownership that you can. That's it. The easier way, and if you don't want to calculate all of that, to do it bluntly is to go. Well, a lot of people are playing this guy. I'm going to play the other guy. They play that the opponent. Right and flip the build and go. Oh well, I have people are playing Costa. I'm going to play Kennedy. Right, and the people that are playing Costa are probably playing playing Yousef. So I'm going to play Randy Brown instead in that lineup. And there you go. That's it. You could do that, or you could just use the numbers. I I could I could close. I could cover the names of all these things and still build lineups. Just as much as I want. I have the numbers here. Right. I'm going to be replacing these numbers. With my my ratings for my for my sheet, because I don't want to use median projection numbers. But that's all I need the numbers on. 
I could just up, I could just upload these numbers right here. Not not these exact ones because I will fill out the rest of this, right? And I may change some of the formulas here depending on the slate. And then I just plug in this, and whatever whatever lineup is the highest rated in combination, it's solved. It would be the highest leverage lineup possible. So that would be the highest lineup. That would be for large field GPPs. That would be like okay, that's the highest EV lineup. EV lineup. This is an EV proxy. It's not. It's not calculating the expected value. All of this is a, is a proxy. Is a blunt approximation of weighing uh, the EV relatively to other lineups. But actual, like, oh, it's a this lineup is, is worth a dollar thirty-two. Like, it's it's not calculating that. Uh, Trevor Lewis says, "I still play poker quite a bit." Thanks for answering. I just started getting into DFS. Your videos are legit. Well, thank you. Trying max lineups in the small stakes with strategies and subscribe to Roto Grinders for lineup HQ. Yes. Play the small, play the dime time, play the quarter arcade. People are like, oh, okay, should I do that or should I play the large, the large, the, the more expensive stuff? You can't beat the low stakes. You're not, you ain't going to beat the mid stakes. You ain't going to beat the high stakes. Win the quarter arcade a bunch of times. You can do that, right? You can probably beat the $15, $18, whatever the regular large field one is. And don't have a fear of missing out. I'm like, oh, I win the quarter arcade for $1,500 or something. Or whatever the hell it is. Like, that lineup could have won the 100 k in the main one. Yeah, I know that. But you build your bankroll up. You prove the fact that you can do it. They could place a lot of top 1% lineups in that, those contests before you move up. It's just like anything else. It's just like poker. Right? You got to play low stakes first. If you can't, if you can't beat a 4-8 limit hold'em game, what makes you think you're going to beat a 81-60 game? You're not. Beat the 4-8 game. It's going to be a different type of game, right? At the 4-8 at four eight limit hold'em, you're just going to be basically value betting. You can really be doing anything that sophisticated. But if you can't even beat that, what the hell is expecting you supposed to do it? 100-200 or something. You're not. Same thing. Or, or even at 10-20 or whatever. You can't beat one, two, no limit games. What the hell are you going to do? be doing in 10, 25, no limit games? So don't, don't, don't feel like, oh, I got, I got to, I got to do it all at once. Patience, have patience and learn. Whatever you think, you know, now, three years from now, you'll be like, wow, I can't believe I was that stupid. I think, I think of that now, dude, I've been a profitable player since 2015. I look back at what I did in 2015, 2016 and go, wow, I wish I wish I know now what I do, what I knew back then, what I know now. And then I look even like two years ago and go, well, I've gotten so much better in two years. And two years ago, I'm like, I don't know how much more can I learn? And I'm like, nope, there's always more you could learn. Even right now, I go, what what more can I learn? What more can I experience? What more can I experiment with? I don't think I have all the answers. I don't. I have more of the answers than the field, so I am profitable even playing this way, right? So I'm doing something right, more than my opponents, and that's all that matters. As long as I'm better than more of my opponents, I'm going to profit. You don't have to be the best poker player in the world. You just have to be better than the eight, nine other people at your table. That's it. So as long as I'm better than the eight, nine people at my table, then fine, but I still want to learn more. So if I, hey, if I end up getting to harder tables, I could beat those games as well or make more money at the same games. DFS will ever see a Black Friday. We'll have to move to Vegas. No, because it's legalized. It's regulated. 
You're not going to see that. Uh, Swolf Dad, we need your blender bomb pick before you sign a bomb. My bomb? For what? Well, not for baseball. I'm not, I haven't, I don't know what the hell's going on with baseball. I'm not, I'm not playing MLB. I'll play next Wednesday because I'm on the Grinders Live on the last day of the season, but I have no idea. What's my, what would be my bomb for MMA? I have no idea. I think that the fighter, as of now, the fighter that I will be more, have more of the, over the field of is Joaquin Silva as of right now. So if that is, is that the, is that the MMA bomb? Is that the blender bomb? Is that what you want? I'm not predicting anything though. Minus 140, as odds of yesterday, plus 155 inside the distance, which is a 39% implied probability. But I have him like 20, 21% owned, which makes him positive leverage. And he has a, and any any and he also grapples. So he has he has upside from a peripheral scoring standpoint. I think I like that fight in general. I mean Silva and Ronson. So I think people are gonna be on Ronson also. But I think I think Ronson's gonna be higher on than Silva, which is the reason I'll have more Silva. Right. So there you go. Do I do I know what's gonna happen? No. Remember, we're playing, we're not trying to predict outcomes. We're trying to figure out probabilities of events then find opportunities where the field is not playing them at equilibrium. They're not playing them as much as they should be. And we're trying to avoid more of the people that don't have as high of a probability and they're, that they're being played by the field. Welcome to DFS. That's it. That's all you're doing. Right? So even though Sadiq Youssef, oh, he's going to be 44% don't. Fade the chalk. Fade the chalk. Fade the chalk. Like, dude, based on his probability on the betting lines, 44% is actually under-owned. He's actually under-owned at 44%. Dern, maybe over-owned at 44%. Costa, maybe around officially owned at 42%. Right? So it's not just fading the chalk. Fade, oh, he got, oh, you can't play that because he's going to be owned. Or you have to play the low-owned guy because he's going to be low-owned. It's like, well, what is their probability? Right? Don Shanus. Oh, he's going to be like like 5% owned. Said, yeah, and, and he is it inside the distance line is plus 11170. Like, that's 8%. And that's juiced. Remember, these lines are juiced. So that's probably even less than that. So it's like, it doesn't happen often. 5%, he may be over-owned. But he's the lowest owned fighter. Yeah, and he still may be over-owned. So it's not just a matter of finding high, oh, fade the high own and play the low own. It's like, no. P- make less lineups with over-owned players and make more lineups with under-owned players. Because I'm not even saying fade or play. You can still play plenty of lineups that have Yusef or Costa in it. They just will, probably won't have Jan in it. They probably, you probably need to play Jessica Penne and Francisco Trinaldo or something like that. You have to, you have to find a way to lower your ownership somewhere. But I'm not saying, but these, but any, Yusef and Costa have the highest ITD lines. They have the highest probability of getting a knockout, especially early and scoring 100 plus points. So now, even if they were, even if Costa was 80% owned, oh, he's over-owned, you can't play him. Yeah, but what happens if he, he puts up 120 points? Yeah, he's over you're right, he's over-owned for that probability. But you could still build a lineup, not as many lineups, 
that have Costa at 80%. You just have to find even lower. And that, that's a lineup that has Don Sheamus in it. You're going to have to go down somewhere to differentiate, to, to share less points with the field. And that's why if you tune in, if you tune into my shows, it's never about who to play. It's about building lineups. Lineups, not players. It's all talked about in the theory of daily fantasy sports for advanced players, right? We have the fundamentals masterclass. That's a 15-hour course. I would suggest you, you listen to that first. But then you go to the theory of daily fantasy sports, how to apply profitable DFS strategies for advanced players. It's a 10-chapter audio course, about six hours of audio. And then it comes with all the Excel tools, several that I showed before. The lineup simulator, portfolio trimmer, portfolio correlation matrix, the duplication checker, the contest reviewer, contest history analyzer, a little simple single lineup optimizer. We have tutorials on the site. So if you once you're in the course, we have video tutorials about how to do all this, but you you saw what I did. It's not complicated, right? You're essentially cutting and pasting lineups and projections. That's it. And then you click in on buttons and changing some things and cutting and pasting stuff. There's no advanced nothing or other, right? As long as you paste the stuff in the right columns, everything will work. So you don't need to be an Excel wizard or anything like that. You just need to have Excel 2021, you know, PC, Mac, right? A Microsoft 365 subscription or whatever. You need to, you need to have a working version of Excel. So that it, it could still do VBA macros. Like that. that's it, which is just Excel. Any, any modern computer, with the most up-to-date version of Excel will be fine. Okay, so uh, so we covered the MMA slate, UFC tomorrow. We got soccer tomorrow. We got NFL content coming up on the channel. Uh, I got a premium show. That's only that's, that's only for premium people. The NFL game theory show. Be talking about the NFL slate with Tuttle. That's behind behind the paywall. So cl- sign up to Roto Grinders Premium. Click on that link in the description. Get ten dollars off your first month. And you get everything. You get lineup HQ. You get the projections. You get all our premium NFL content. I mean, you get you get so much. It's ridiculous. Uh, but I'll be on that. I'll be posted later this afternoon. We record it too. So typically, typically that goes up around you know four or five o'clock or so. Uh, but we got the the solo ship show, the tournament take show. Uh, we got uh, tons of NFL the pick six that they already recorded that that was our, that's already up. We got tons of content on the channel. We got MLB. Later today, got Grinders Live and Crunch Time for the MLB slate later on the channel. So click that notification bell to know when we go live. Hit the thumbs ups. Give me those dummy thumbs on your way out the door. And I'll see you back back again on Monday, right? Because I'm here. I'm here all the time. I'm here all the time, Monday through Friday at 11 o'clock Eastern. Answering your DFS strategy questions like I always, I always try to do. On the DFS pregame show on Roto Grinders. Dot com. <laughs>